Well, happy Father's Day, church. It is so great to be with you, and I'm glad you're here worshiping on this special day. My name is Ethan Magnus, I'm one of the pastors, and I hope that today is a great day of worship and celebration for you. Uh, before I jump into the message, I want to uh, let you know a little bit about our regathering process. I've got a little bit of a timeline for you, some things you'll want to know. Number one, our online programmings of worship and groups and children's ministry and student ministry, all of that continues indefinitely because lots of people will want to worship and connect in those ways. However, the gathering process is well underway. We have another set of outdoor services on June 28th in the afternoon. Look around for details. And our indoor services begin July 5th. It'll be three times in the morning and you can look around for all the details you wanna need, but they begin July 5th. A, a few things to know about what to expect. Uh, first of all, you can expect those services to be kid friendly. Bring babies, bring toddlers, bring elementary kids because we will not be having kid separate uh, gathered programming. All of our kids programming is gonna stay online for the month of July. But families, you're welcome to bring your kids with you as we regather. You'll need to know those services will be gathering, uh, will be practicing good social distancing, spreading out in the sanctuary. You'll see the pews, some are marked as closed and some are marked as open. We'll have ushers to help you seat. Uh, that means of course, we'll need to do registration so that no one service gets too overloaded. Uh, we'll also be doing things like waving instead of hugs, keeping six feet apart, not congregating in the lobbies, wearing masks, all these kinds of things we know that limit the spread of COVID. And you'll have questions about that. And again, you can look for details in other venues. There will be some new worship practices that we'll need to learn and develop about how to worship and praise God while limiting the risk of transmission. But we can do it because our God is worth it and we love one another enough that we don't wanna put each other at medical risk. Uh, some of you might be wondering, how do I decide which service is right for me? I'd put it this way. First, think about your health. If you think you might be sick or if you have risk factors for getting sick, maybe you should continue to worship online and that's why that option will stay there for you. Or maybe if it's just easier because the kids program is online, that might be an easier option for you. However, if, if you're the kind of person who isn't in one of those risk factors and you're like, I know I'll worship better if I've regathered, I can't wait to be back together. Well, we're thrilled to have you. I'll be there and that's what the gathered services are for. Uh, finally, you might ask yourself this question. What is my gospel opportunity? The friends and neighbors that God is challenging me to invite with me to church, are they more likely to come to my house and worship there? Or are they more likely to come with me to the church building? Maybe that could be what helps you decide what your worship venue is gonna be for the month of July. But today, uh, we're still here at my house in our series, Home Improvement. And we're at the grill today. And if we pay attention, we might have some things we can learn. We might learn a little bit about chicken wings. And I hope we learn a lot about the Christian discipline of celebration. Uh, to get the wings started, and if you pay attention, you might get a little bit of a recipe here. Uh, to get the wings started, it's super easy. Uh, we just bought some wings. They were already pre-sectioned. Covered them in a little olive oil, salt and pepper. The grill's clean and on my lowest setting. And then I just put the wings on like that. 
You can't really get this stage wrong. We're just gonna spread them out and let them cook. The goal is to let the fat render and the wings tender up without getting too crisp at this stage. Don't worry, we'll put a little more flavor on them later. Now, since we're out at the grill, and it's Father's Day, of course, have I said Happy Father's Day yet? If you haven't, if you see me, make sure to tell me Happy Father's Day. Uh, since we're out at the grill, we thought it'd be a good day to talk about celebration. Now, I know to some of us, it may seem like an odd time to talk about celebration. COVID is all around us with all the fear and anxiety and confusion that it's caused. Uh, recent events have reminded us that racial injustice is still with us and is not in the past like we sometimes like to pretend. There's division in our community right now. There's division over should we wear a mask? There's a division over how do we respond to racial injustice? There's division over so many things and it sort of feels like we've forgotten how to love each other across the political divide and cultural divide and racial divide. Half of us are angry that nobody will wear a mask, doggone it. And half of us are angry that they keep wanting me to wear a mask. What's up with that? And personally, many of us have personal obstacles to celebration. Maybe it's death or disappointment. Maybe it's a lost job or lost wages or a lost relationship. Maybe it's a, a diagnosis that you did not want to hear, not COVID maybe, but something else, or maybe it is COVID. And yet, though we all have these good reasons not to celebrate, and if you look around, there are great reasons to not celebrate. God's word commands it. Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And commands like this show up in the New Testament as well. Uh, Paul writes to the Philippian church, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. He writes to the church in Thessalonica, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And we look and we see God's people obey these commands. Uh, we see throughout the Old Testament national parties celebrating God. Uh, one of the big ones is Passover, another one is Pentecost, and a third what we call the Feast of the Tabernacles. Uh, the simplest instructions for these three big nationwide celebrations are found in Exodus 23. Verse 14, three times a year, you are to celebrate a festival to me. Celebrate the festival of the unleavened bread, that's Passover, for seven days and eat bread made without yeast as I commanded you. Do this at the appointed time in the month of Aviv, for in that month you came out of Egypt. 
Verse 16, celebrate the festival of the harvest, that's Pentecost, with the first fruits of the crops that you sow in your field. And then celebrate the festival of the ingathering, that's at the end of the harvest, when you gather the crops in from the field. That's the festival we call the festival of the tabernacles. And I think about those three festivals. They were given the instructions and they celebrated those festivals for thousands of years. I think about during Jesus' day, the Gospels record Jesus participating in these festivals. I wonder, how could they do it? How could they throw a nationwide party celebrating God while they suffered under the Roman occupation, while they suffered under corrupt local leaders, while they suffered at the whim of the local centurion? How could they celebrate when God's people were divided into factions and parties and religious groups? And yet they did, year after year. God's people celebrated these festivals when they were under siege by the Assyrians. They celebrated these festivals when they were in exile in Babylon. They celebrated these festivals after they had been slaughtered by the Greeks and the Romans. How was that possible? I got to turn the wings over for a second. You think about that. Oh man, these look great. We're not trying to do much here. Just warm them up a little bit. Start them to get brown. You'll see that. Cooking on a real low temperature so you don't rush anything. Don't want them to get chewy or hard. If you're worried they're not crispy, don't worry. We'll crisp them up later. Oh, these are going to be great. Yeah, I'm feeling real good about this. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's perfect. All right, so where were we? Oh yeah, that question. How could they celebrate the great festivals of their God even in times of suffering and struggle? Well, we get an important clue by looking at the celebrations themselves. Because each of these festivals, while they were timed according to annual things, uh, the month of Aviv, the first fruits, the end of the harvest, they were designed to remember a specific action of God. The festival of the unleavened bread, what we call Passover, was designed to remember how God had rescued God's people from their slavery in Egypt. It remembered how God had brought the plagues so that Pharaoh would see and give the people the freedom and justice they deserved. And it remembered how when that worst plague came, they were protected from it by the blood of the lamb across the doorpost. Uh, the festival of the first fruits, what we call Pentecost, it remembered God's gift of the Torah. God's law given to Moses and then to the people, which was for them God's word, but also it was God's way of life. And attached to the Torah was the promise of blessing and fruitfulness, the promise of the land and a place to live where God would be glorified and they would be blessed. And the festival of the tabernacles, the one of the tents, 
That's the one they celebrated at the end of the harvest. It was sort of their New Year's festival. It was designed to remember that God had faithfully led the people through the wilderness, living in tents. That's why they called it the festival of the tabernacles or the festival of the tents. God had led them through the season in the wilderness, living in tents, and had God had brought them and established them in the land. These three festivals were not rooted in their present circumstance. They didn't look around and say, you know, we've had a pretty good harvest this year. We should have a party. You know, the crops are coming in well. We should celebrate the first fruits. No, they didn't look around and examine their circumstance to determine whether or not they needed a festival. These festivals were rooted not in what happened that year or that month or that day. They were rooted in what God had already done. God had already rescued them from Egypt. God had already given them the Torah and a way of life that would lead to blessing. God had already brought them to the wilderness and established in the land. This is why they celebrated, because of what God had already done. And of course, what God had already done told them who God was. And that's what we're celebrating. God, our God, is the God who rescues us. Our God is the God who leads us. Our God is the God who prepares a place for us. And that, what God has done, who God is, that tells us what God will do, what they could trust God to do in their future. You see the celebration of God's people. Hear this. This is the main message. Don't get distracted by the wings. This is what I want you to learn. The celebration of God's people is never rooted in our present circumstance. When God's people are get ready to plan a party, they don't look around and ask, how are things going? How do we feel? Been a good week or a bad week? No, they ask, who is my God? What has my God done? And what has my God promised? And if that's worth celebrating, then you always have a reason to celebrate. Whether the Assyrians have attacked or the Babylonians have taken you into exile or the Romans have conquered you, there's a reason to celebrate because of what your God has done, who your God is, and what your God will do. And that is the secret of Christian celebration today. It's one of the reasons that I don't skip worship, and I hope you don't either. Whether COVID keeps us out of the building or we're all together, whether you're traveling or you're here at home, I hope you make a decision, even in a pandemic, to keep worshiping God because our celebration of our God is not rooted in our present circumstance. It is rooted in what God has done and what God will do. Here's what Paul writes to the Roman church. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in our present sufferings. He says our present circumstances are nothing to celebrate, but we glory in them because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love 
has been, that's the past, what God has already done, poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, just at the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That already happened, Paul says. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. For a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since then, we have now been justified by his blood. How much more, here's what's going to happen, shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Paul says, our present circumstance is hard. How does he describe it? Suffering. But he says he celebrates because he knows what Jesus has done, redeemed us on a cross, and he knows what God will do, reconcile us, reconcile all things unto God. So why can we celebrate at all times? Well, take a minute. What has God done? Well, he sent Christ to save sinners and reconcile us to God. And what will God do? He will redeem everything. He'll fix everything. He'll rescue everything. I love the final vision of John in the book of Revelation, chapter 21. Look, he says, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, I love this part. He said, you better write that down, for these words are trustworthy and true. You see, that is a reason to party. In every present circumstance, that's a reason to party because of what our God has done and what our God will do. All right, we better check on these wings a little bit. About 20 minutes at a low temperature, and then we can just take them off. In my case, I've got a bowl here, a little bit of barbecue sauce, a little bit of water, because I don't want it to get too uh, gunky on my wings, a little bit of hot sauce, because I don't mind the kick, and a little bit of sugar, I think just because I like sugar. I'm going to put these in here. Whoop, just a second more. And then I'm going to turn up the heat on the grill and let the grill warm up just a little bit because the wings are basically done. We just need to crisp them up and add a little flavor. Christian celebration, Christian worship, Christian praise, Christian thanksgiving is not rooted in our present circumstance. It's not rooted in how we feel in the morning and how much sleep we got last night. I know it feels like it, doesn't it, right? Listen, I know when things are going well and I'm well rested, 
It's a lot easier for me to praise God. But that is the foundation of our praise. Christian celebration is rooted in what God has done and what God will do. And this means that we genuinely can celebrate God in every circumstance of life. In, in everything, here's how we can make this practical, ready? In everything that might keep you from celebrating, just learn to ask these two questions. What has God done? And what has God promised? What has God done? What will God do? When you face a storm in your life, you ask, what has God done? Well, God has entered the storm with you. What will God do? God will calm the waves. And then you celebrate. When, when you face a disease, whether it's COVID-19 or it's a cancer diagnosis, how can you celebrate God? Well, you ask these two questions. What has God done? God has proven through Jesus Christ that God can heal any disease. What will God do? God has promised that God will one day heal and restore all things. And so even if your present circumstance is fear about a diagnosis, you can celebrate because of what God has done and what God will do. When we face the evil of racist systems that oppress our brothers and sisters whom we love, how can we worship God then? How can we celebrate God even then? Well, we ask these two questions. What has God done? Well, God has declared in Jesus Christ that all nations and tribes are equally beloved and honored and, and cherished by God. What will God do? God has promised in the book of Revelation that one day our people from every nation and tribe and tongue will sing praise to God and be eternally established as God's people and racism will be ended and justice will be for everyone. That's what God has done. That's what God will do. So even though our present circumstance needs a lot of work, we can celebrate our God. What about the political division that threatens the unity of the church and the unity of our families and friendships? How can we celebrate God in the midst of this? Well, ask the two questions. What has God done? What will God do? Well, what is it God has done? God has declared that Christ is king and all earthly authority is subservient to him. We can get behind that even if we disagree about local politics. What will God do? God will one day establish his throne on the earth and all kings and princes will bow down and worship him. You see how this works? In every circumstance, we don't praise God for the circumstance. We don't thank God for the circumstance, but we praise God in the circumstance. We thank God in the circumstance. We celebrate God in the circumstance. Why? Not because of the circumstances, but because of what God has done and what God will do. In the face of death, God has risen Jesus Christ from the grave. God will defeat death altogether. In a time of loss, God has fed the hungry through the miracles of Christ. God will restore all that has been taken for us. In a time of financial worry, God has said, I own the cows on a thousand hills. You never need to worry about what you need. God will feed the hungry and give drink to the thirsty. In a time of loneliness and isolation, God has said, fear 
not, for I am with you, God will come and rescue and redeem and make all of us one family. All right, so don't let your wings sit too long. You gotta turn them over. And when my grill gets hot, it kind of collapses, but it'll, they'll still cook fine. And while I turn these wings over, I want you to just start asking yourself this question. What is it that would keep you from celebrating? And when that happens, what do you remember? What has God done? What will God do? Ask those questions again. What has God done? What will God do? Do you know that you can praise God in every circumstance based on the answer of those two questions? Do you know there is no limit to when you can sing praise and when you can give glory based off the answer of those two questions? Have you told your God yet that, that it is not today's circumstance or tomorrow's circumstance that determines your praise, but it is God's sovereignty that does it? That's the message we get to give to our God. Listen, I don't know what you're facing right now. And maybe everything I'm saying, it just sounds so flippant and the grill's here and you're like, Ethan, you don't understand the suffering I'm in, the problems I'm facing, but I do understand. For we all have suffered. God's people certainly knew. They knew slavery, they knew oppression, they knew slaughter and exile, they knew loss and hunger and rejection. And yet they celebrated because of what their God had done and what their God would do. And this is my hope for you. Don't root your celebration. Don't ground your celebration in today's circumstances. Ground it in God. Right, take just a minute. Let yourself remember what God has done for you. Remember when Jesus came and said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Remember when Jesus, says, Jesus said, let the little children come to me, for the children of heaven belongs to them. Remember when Jesus said, where are those who condemn you? Neither do I condemn you. Remember when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Remember when Jesus rose from the dead as the first fruits of resurrection so that now all of us can have resurrection hope. Whatever your present circumstance, don't forget what God has done. And then let yourself remember. The prophets let us remember what has not yet even happened. Did you know you can do that? That's one of God's miracles. You can remember things that haven't happened because God's promise is so reliable. Remember God's promise that one day all people, all tribes, all races, all nations will worship God equally at the foot of the cross. Remember that one day all sorrow and all tear and all mourning will be forgotten as we worship God. Remember that all brokenness and loneliness and loss will be healed by God's grace. Remember that we who have been saved by Christ, how much more certain can we be that God will reconcile us and redeem us and restore us eternally 
as God's people. And when you remember what God has done, and you remember what God will do, well, then you can celebrate God no matter what the circumstances are. Let me grab a plate for these wings. And as they come off the grill, maybe you could just say these words with me. Wherever you are, whatever your circumstances are, maybe you could say these words with me. They'll be on your screen. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. For we are his people and the sheep of God's pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Do you hear the instruction? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And his faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we give you thanks. Oh, not just for Father's Day and chicken wings and barbecues. Though these are sort of the tools of our celebration and we're grateful for them. We give you thanks that our worship of you is greater than our circumstance. That the blessing we have from you is bigger than today's moment. And many, God, today are suffering. There is fear of disease among us. There's chaos and confusion and disunity over how to respond to it. There's fear about racism and injustice, but also fear about how do we respond to it and will there be riots and all these kinds of things. And so, God, we pray for our circumstance. We are not blind to the hardships of our circumstance. We pray for peace in our city, for peaceful protests, for, for a listening ear and wisdom about how to move toward greater justice. We are not blind, God, to these circumstances and we pray for them, but yet we know, God, you are bigger. And so today we just give you with full voice and full heart our praise and thanksgiving. We enter your courts with celebration because of what, God, you have already done and what, God, you have promised. On this we build our praise, not the present moment, but the future hope that we have in Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen.